are listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast with Mark Alden Taylor. We've had a dialectical thing going on with innocence and experience for a while in our band. And it comes from a, a conversation that I sometimes have with what you might call my conscience. This conscience could be called your innocent self, but it's certainly your younger self. And on the tour for Songs of Innocence, we set up this argument between the two selves. And I think it continues on Songs of Experience. We did some things for the first time on this album, things that we'd always promised ourselves we'd do. Our process of recording is very mixed up with the process of writing. We release the record, and then we start rehearsing, and we go on the road, and after six weeks, our producers will come out to check on us, and, and they will always go, oh, wow, I'd love to record the album now. You guys are playing those songs so brilliantly, confidently, and there's just an energy to them. So on this album, we did exactly that. We went into a rehearsal room and we played the songs again and we tossed around different arrangement ideas. And then we took all of the lessons of, of that process and we brought them back to the album. So we actually re-recorded some elements of the album. Red Flag Day has a sort of bite to it and an energy to it, which came about because of that process. We got the best of both. We got the band sound and that electronic, more 21st century approach. And that visceral energy, I think, is something a band can only create. Hi, welcome to another edition of the Freeform Rock Podcast. Today I have the love of my life, Miss Diane Baker. Hey, everybody. Speak up louder, they can't hear you. Hey, everybody. Get closer to the mic. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is our first time recording a podcast, so i got to break her cherry, if you know what I mean. Uh, no comment. No comment. Well, <laughs> today we're going to do a brand new album. Yes, a brand new album. When have we done that? Oh, we did that last uh, last week, but we're going to do another newer album. Uh, this is U2's new album, Songs of Experience. It's a companion album to their album before this called Songs of the Innocents. This album is the 14th studio album by U2, released December 1st, 2017. It was produced by Jack Nafflee, Ryan Tender, and Steve Lillywhite, Andrew Barlow, Jalen Thomas, Brett Cuzzle, Brett Ebworth, Danger Mouse, and Deacon Whoa. Gaffney. What is this, a Beyonce album? or That would be Paul Ebworth <laughs> and Ryan Tedder for those playing at home. Yeah, I'm not good at announcing uh, people. Okay, this album was intended to be a companion piece to U2's previous record, Songs of Innocence, 2014, whereas the pre predecessor explored the group's adolescence in Ireland in the 1970s. Songs of Experience thematically is a collection of letters written by lead vocalist Bono to people and places closest to his heart. Well, since he was laid up with that injury, you know, it gave him time to reflect on a lot of things in his life, is my guess. But yeah. This album kind of kicks ass, I think. Well, spoiler alert. Well? <laughs> well, let, let, let us get to the songs before you say if you like the album or not. Come on. <laughs> all right well um let's get on with this and also they actually were going to release this in 2000 uh earlier 2016 but with the climate change and the political climate in england and here in america they decided to take a pause and see what they could do with the album because the songs they felt the songs were dated for what they wrote and so they wanted to change it up. And plus, they didn't like the production of songs, The Innocent. They wanted it more muscular compared to the first album. Because when they played those songs live, it was more muscular in concert. And they wanted to get that on the album. Uh, what Larry Mullen Jr. said, the drummer, he wanted more punch to his drums. And I think they capture that nicely in this album, actually. Yeah, really cool. 
So let's get to the track listing on this album. We'll go song by song and review it as usual. Well, I'm just having problems with speaking today. And You're I have nervous to be in the room with me. Maybe. This is weird. <laughs> Usually I'm recording on Skype with somebody I can't see. Hey, Lee. I love you, boy. Hi, Lee. <laughs> Happy holidays. All right. Well, let's get to the first track. And it's Love is All We Have Left. What did you think of this one? Well... I honestly feel like for you two, they could have started with a bigger punch, like some of the later tracks, which we'll get into. I felt like this was a little kind of meh, meh. Um, it had kind of a electronic feel to it in it. I'm not really a fan of that. I don't like auto-tune. I think Bono's voice is way better than any auto-tune could ever be. So I think it was unnecessary. Kind of a little bit like imaging heat to me. So, I mean, it's an okay tune, but... I think they could have had a better opener for the album. I think they use this track to like give you uh, like what's going to go on with the album, with album like their songs about love and peace and places he loves. So I think he put this in. Yeah, the auto tune was kind of weird sounding, but I think they were more of using it as an effect because Bono's regular voice was more there than the auto tune, but they used it as a reverb. I thought it was okay, but it's something I wouldn't I wouldn't care about. I thought they should have started with the uh, the next track we're going to get into. Which is Lights of Home. What did you think of this one? I said, that's more like it. More of a classic U2 sound. Bono's voice still just kicks ass. His voice is timeless. That man is just amazing. He, he, no matter how old he gets, his voice is just still rocking. And it's just, it's better, it, his voice is better to me. I can't, I can't get enough of his voice. Um, I like this, the piano that was sprinkled in the background of chorus. I thought that sounded really cool. And I love the po positive message of the song. Free yourself to be yourself. I think a lot of the times we get in our own way. Yeah, that was a that was a cool track. Like I said, it should have been the opener, and the other song maybe could have been reworked as a better opener. Maybe because they only had one producer on this track, and <laughs> they needed more hands in the pie. But uh, I like this song. Like she said, she liked the piano. I like the piano. I love Larry Mullen's drum sound on this song. It's really cool. Um, it's an edge guitar guitar tone is awesome it's not, he never does conventional solos so and bono of course sounds great that's a great great track man and then we get into track three you're the best thing about me which is the first track that diane picked as her favorite song off the one of the three songs so we'll come back to this on the freeform rock podcast this is you're the best thing about me when you look so good the pain in your face doesn't show When you look so good And baby you don't even know When the world is ours The world is not your kind of thing Full of shooting stars
That was you too with You're the Best Thing About Me. What did you think about that track, Diane? I just love this song. This song, I know that Bono actually wrote for his love of his life, speaking of love of lives, um, his wife of 32 years, Allie, and I just think it's a great song. I, I heard an interview where he said he had woken up from a dream where, I don't know if she had left him or he left her, and he walked into the room and he was kind of crying and she was like, what's wrong? And when he told her, she kind of giggled at him. Um, I mean, that's just a testament to the kind of relationship that they have, that they can be themselves with each other and kind of make fun of each other a little bit. I, I think the song kicks ass. I think, um, it's just, it's just a great groove. I love the groove of this song and, um, I know it's a little more pop and I think that's what they wanted to go for here because it's, and it's a great hit. I know I've, I've heard it on the radio quite a bit and I think it's a great track. Good job guys. As yeah. always. <laughs> And I just want to go back to the last song because I, I had in a note what you said. You said, free yourself to be yourself. Yeah, I agreed with that lyric. I wrote it here. <laughs> <laughs> I just missed it. All right, now let's get back to this track. Yeah, um, I love the bass of Adam Clayton on this track. It kicks ass. There's so much instrumenta instrumentation on this song. It's like U2 is like progressive, but they're not progressive. It's like they're like into the, I don't know, they put things in the right spots. It's like, they're, they're just so awesome. This band gets so much backlash because of Bono's politics, but he's just trying to help people. And I see no problem with it. I think people should just go listen to the music and just shut up about Bono, because he's a really nice man. He really loves the fans. And uh, it's a great song. I love this track. Great pick, Diane. Thanks, Mark. And then we get into track number four, Get Out of Your Own Way. What did you think of this one? Okay, I said I love this album when I started just because every song so far, except for maybe the first one, just like they just keep getting better and I just get happy. Um, their message, the message is strong in this song and it, again, it kicks ass. I love how the chorus builds. Larry Mullinger's drumming on this song is just what that song needed to keep the energy going. It was just like a rad thumping and it just kept going and it, it just jams. Yeah, I love the, it has the YouTube bass stroll on it from uh, from uh, Clayton. Man, what a great bass player, man. And also, uh, Larry Mullen Jr.'s, I love the crashing cymbals in there. He just, he's like, he reminds me of uh, Stuart Copeland of the Police. Mm. You know, you really you, good use of the cymbals. You know, you don't hear drummers really using their cymbals a, a lot anymore. And really cool. Him, Neil Peart, and, and they use the cymbals so well. I just love it. You can't call them drummers. They're more of a percussionist, percussionist. slash musicians. I slash mean, musicians, yeah. Yeah. And um, I I remember hearing an interview on a podcast with Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper. He's talking about Larry Mullen came on and played on his last album, and he said Larry Mullen said, "Let me hear. Let me let me read the lyrics first. And he goes, "Why do you want to read the lyrics? Well, I don't play to the bass. I play to the, the lyrics of the song." Which I makes sense because it helps with the feel of the song and what the song calls for like if it's just a rock and roll piece yeah he he's rad that's rad yeah you normal bass players just play with their bass player yeah but he plays with the he plays with the lyrics so i think that's awesome when i heard that i go that's why it's it, when bono's genius. goes low he goes low bono goes high he goes high. when bono screams he hits it harder mm -hmm. you know that makes sense i i always wondered why his drums are different than everybody else same thing with stuart copeland i think stuart copeland plays with sting's lyrics too mm -hmm. could hear that in the drumming um what else did i say i said edge's solo is never overpowering but it's always sweet and short it's mm -hmm. really cool and edge is one of the few guitarists that is not based in blues. He's ba he's not a blues-based guitarist. He plays what he wants. You know, he's not one of those guitar. All rock is based on blues, and he doesn't play with the blues, and you can hear it. That's why U2 is so different mm -hmm. in their guitar work. And um, and Bono's just a master with the lyrics, man. You can't say nothing about say too much about Bono. He's just great writing songs. All right, we're going to get into track five now, American Soul, which is the second track Diane picked here. So right now we're going to get into American Soul and a freeform rock podcast. Best are the bullies. For one day they will have to stand up to themselves. Blessed are the lies. For the truth can be awkward.
American Soul by U2. Why'd you pick this track, Diane? Because it kicks ass. <laughs> it's just a great song. Um, it's a bit of a political message, but at the same time, my God, this 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 song just it just rocks. It's got a great drive throughout the whole song, and I I love the guitar line below the vocals in this song. I think it's just awesome. I think it's genius the way it all comes together in this particular song. Yeah, and the song before it, it just goes straight into this song. Mm -hmm. With the, they have a little guy spoken word a little, yeah. spoke, and it just goes right into it flawlessly. It segues I right into the song. I want to say it's Martin Luther King speaking before uh -huh. him, but I'm not exactly sure. I'm not sure either, but it's just a perfect segue. How the I I go what song, and then all of a sudden I know when the next song begins. Mm -hmm. It just goes straight into it. It's like genius. I love it. Yeah. And um, this is my favorite song off the album. It's got a killer groove. Love the guitar tone. It's, I love the lyric where it goes, you are rock and roll, you and I are rock and roll. And I would say you are a little bit rock and I'm a little bit roll because I fall all the time. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> and also, um, the drumming kicks ass. Larry, Larry Mullins is freaking awesome drummer, man. I said I like how they get a little political with this song, but it's not too overpowering with their politics. I... I Bands that really get into politics really just throw it in your face. This band just slightly throws it in there without making you feel like, oh crap, another political song. Almost like a wink and a nod. Yeah. yeah. It's cool, man. I, I just like the way he writes songs. It's just so awesome. And then we get into track six, Summer of Love. What did you think of this one? So Summer of Love started out to me a little bit like a zombie song. I think it's a zombies. The, um, what's your name? Who's your daddy? <laughs> is it rich like it sounded like that a little bit to me um i can imagine blasting this after a day at the beach with a sunset in the ocean and the rear view mirror behind me just chilling on the way home the song has that kind of nostalgic feel to it that i dig another song um that would bring that to me is boys of summer by don henley so it's kind of got that kind of a feel to me something that always takes you back and makes you feel summer and i think they really captured the essence of that season. Yeah, like, well, Boys of Summer is like, if you look at the video, it's like a dreary, dreary day, and he's waiting to get to summer, you know? And it's like, it takes you on a story, like a trip, and this song does the same thing. It's a cool, moody song, like you were saying, puts you in a mood, like mm -hmm. you want to drive, you want to cruise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and it's, it's a, the guitar is beautiful, and Bono's voice, the guitar and the Bono's voice make this song, and I like what it, how it says flowers blooming in the shadows i love that lyric it's just so deep uh -huh. i just love the way he says that you can just see like a flower growing like flowers bloom at night right sometimes yeah sometimes they bloom at night freaking awesome i love this track and then we get into the next track the showman parentheses little more mm, better no, no. oh wait 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 no no we missed we're in track seven the next track that diane picked on here red flag day so here's Red Flag Day by U2 on the Freeform Rock Podcast.
ceiling Sky will soon be clear Today we can't afford to be Afraid of what we fear by you too. Why did you pick this track? Because it had a contemporary feel, yet it was right back in U2's wheelhouse, playing what we all love from U2. You know, it had like kind of like a an early U2 feel to it, um, especially in the chorus. Um, I just felt like I went back in time a little bit with this song. The lyrics are cool too, but I just love the feel of the song and all. But overall, it just made me feel very happy yeah like you picked up on what i picked up the background vocals sound like what they would do on their first albums boy uh october and war you know it's like classic u2 the the background vocals they i think they put a lot of different eras of u2 into this one album you could hear senses of pop joshua tree boy war you know it's like a mishmatch of their sound and and they put it together like a puzzle and it just kicks ass mm -hmm. i love it i love this band how they just keep you on your toes and the keyboard is cool i like it when he says the yeah, i already said the background vocals reminds me yeah it's a cool song killer bass i love the bass strumming and the guitar it just kicks ass and then let's get to the next track which is like i said before uh, the Showman, a little more better. What do you think of this track? I love this track. Um, I like the lyrics in this track. Specifically, I picked out Walk Through the Room Like a Birthday Cake When I'm All Lit Up. I, can, I Can't Make a Mistake. <laughs> That's so cool. I, just, I, I love the, the ingenuity in his lyrics. Like, he just, like, he can, he could probably, I don't know, he's just rad. Um, I did hear, to me, a tiny bit of Van Halen in it especially in the chorus and i think it was just i don't know what it was but i i if, if anybody else out there let, let us know what you think because i hear a little bit of van halen in the chorus i i didn't notice that but uh reckon there's going to be a lot of van halen fans get, who hate bono going to get on you for that one <laughs> well i'm sorry well at I, least you didn't say the h word i didn't so you didn't say hagar no, you just did, though. Ah, so oh. now I am off the hook. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's get to the next. Oh, wait. I didn't talk about this track. I think not. it's a cool track. has a classic U2 sound. Can't say enough about Bono's lyrics, the way he crafts songs. He's just like an artist. He could just craft songs. He could. He makes lyrics that are abstract, but they, you understand them. He's not very... I, I don't know. He puts it in layman's terms, but they're still smarter than what you could have made up. You know? <laughs> it's just awesome. I love this track. And then we get into track nine, which is The Little Things That Give You Away. So, to me, this was 
definitely the darkest song on the album, it, it, lyrically speaking. Um, and, and then in some ways with, with the instrumentation as well. Um, there were times when I felt like Bono's voice was being drowned out a little by, by uh, the instrumentation, which kind of weirded me out a little bit because I want more Bono all the time. <laughs> but um, the song is good. It's, it's just It's got a very dark message. Yeah, I, I, like I said, it's another moody song. I love they can do that. I, I, something I wrote. Ba, ba, I think, uh, blah, excuse me, I got a little tongue-tied there. Uh, I can't say enough about Adam Clayton. I think he's the unsung hero of this band, like Joan, John Paul Jones of Led Zeppelin. He adds so much to this band. And it's, he's just awesome. And I don't think he gets... You talk about Larry Mullen, you talk about Bono, you talk about The Edge. No one ever talks about... Freaking Adam Clayton. He's such a great bass player. He's the quiet one of the man. I guess that's why nobody talks about him. Same thing with John Paul Jones and Led Zeppelin. Mm -hmm. He does interviews, but basically everybody wants to talk to Bono, The Edge, and, and Larry Mullen Jr. He's never in there. And Mullen's drummer, drumming, is just so good on this track. And uh, I think there's a lyric here. Sometime I can't believe my existence. I see myself in the distance. I go, I'm just seeing that in my mind. Like I'm sitting there, I exist. I'm existing, but I'm looking at my own self in a distance. It's like I'm not there, but I am there. That's that's how a lot of people view their life. They're not really living it, so they're not in it. They're just kind of existing in it, and it's, everything's yeah. happening around them, you know. And they're just they're just letting life live them instead of living life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's re it's really a powerful lyric. I mm -hmm. love it. And then let's get to track ten, which uh, somebody doesn't really like the title of this track. I just can't. <laughs> Landlady. What do you think of this one? <laughs> okay, so the music is good. Um, I actually love it. But I just can't get past the, the, the chorus, Landlady. I just can't. I'm sorry. Damn it, guys. Couldn't you call her Rebecca or, I don't know, Sophia, whatever her name was, but Landlady. I can't. Um, also, it's weird, and I know there probably are not very many musical theater uh, people uh, on listening to this podcast. However, the very beginning of this song sounds a lot like a track called Requiem from Dear Evan Hansen. It's actually the same melody. Um, I'm sure there, it's just a coincidence, but, um, and then I just want to go listen to Dear Evan Hansen because I don't want to hear Landlady. <laughs> well, I put, uh, I like the lyric in here, how he goes, you never know what starving poets meant because when I was broke, you paid the rent. You know, that makes sense why he's saying landlady. He just, this lady that he's in love with, probably talking about his wife, when they were struggling, he helped helped him get his dreams, you know. He helped him get going with his band. And he, I think this is a, like a love song to his wife. Kind it of like he be, is But I landlady. would never call my wife, wait, I would never call anyone landlady. <laughs> and he also says, he says, I love it. Space, he talks about, I found my parking spot. You know, he's talking about his lady. He found where his parking spot is, where he's going to live the rest of his life with his landlady, you know, with his wife or whatever he's talking mm -hmm. I thought it was a cool song. You know, land, maybe he could have named it a little bit different, but it's still a good song. You can't mm -hmm. take away from it. All I keep thinking is Landshark. Landshark. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Who is it? Candygram. Candygram. Land. Ah! <laughs> I had to do that, man. Who played the land shark? I never knew who played the land shark. Was it? I think it was. Uh, Ackroyd? Yeah, no. I think it was Ackroyd. I don't know. That's weird. I never. We never. He never took off the mask. Because he was a shark. He was a shark. All right, then we get into track eleven, which is the blackout. What do you think of this one? Okay, so for me, um, lyrically, this is my favorite song on the album. Um. It's crazy. I, the bass line, I, I wrote yes to the bass line because <laughs> I love the bass line in the song. Again, it's very 80s to me, so kind of a throwback there. But like the lyrics here, when the lights go out, don't you ever doubt the light that we can really be. And that hit me hard because it's true. We can learn the most when it's dark in our lives. And that through that learning, we can be a light to others. And I think that's a really powerful song. It's a very powerful statement in the song. And I think it's very inspirational, and I'm, I'm just really like in love with the lyrics to this song. 
Yeah, it's a cool track, and I also said great bass line to open the song. Great rhythm. I, I think this song, have you heard the album Pop by them with Discotech and Discotech? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was kind of, this album, this song could have fit on Pop. Mm -hmm. That's why I was saying this song has an ode to all their albums in a puzzle, and they just put it together, and let's do all the YouTube sounds and mix it up mm -hmm. and update it. Yeah. You know, I, I thought this song was cool. I love this this song. And then we get into track 12, Love is Bigger Than Anything in Its Way. What do you think of this one? I love this song. This would have been my number four pick if I was allowed to have a number four. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so good. Um, when, you think you're, when you think you're done, you've just begun. Yes. So right. I think um, the song is, again, very powerful with the messages um, in this album. Um, but I love musically. I think it's just on point to what he's saying in the song and I think it's a great track yeah it's a great track I said this song is like classic U2 sound updated like I said in the last track and I said I wish I could write lyrics like Bono him and Neil Peart are my favorite lyricist of all time mm -hmm. and even Sting I love Sting's lyrics too and um, I love the bridge with the choir sound and it's a slow track but Mullen's drums sound huge it's like slow, but he's pounding the drums while he's singing slow. It's like, it's opposite, but it works. Mm -hmm. I just love this track. It's a great it's song. A great track. And you said about the lyrics. I love the I love Bono's lyrics. He gets so much flack, you know, but come on, man. It's better than anything Beyonce's 10 songwriters could write. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't it. know. Yeah, if you... If you <laughs> Uh, excuse me. <laughs> All right, and then we get to the final track off the song, which is all in parentheses. It's called 13, There is a Light. I didn't know 13 was in the title. But 13. Because it's track 13. It says 13, and in parentheses, there is a light. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, I feel like this song is a follow-up to track 12. Um, based on what the lyrics were in track 12, and I only said one thing, and I wrote, damn, Bono, those lyrics, though. Yeah, the lyrics are good. It's a slow, moody song again. It's like a great song to end the record. And um, I like how he said, you stole my heart away, set sail. You know, they. I think I did it wrong. There is a light. Don't let it go out. Darkness, darkness gathers around the light. That is so powerful. Mm -hmm. That's true. Darkness does gather around the light because the people in the dark want to go to the light. And on the opposite spectrum, the darkness is trying to cover that light. Yeah. So it depends on where you want to go with that, you know? That's so true. Bono is just, he's a painter. He paints music with his lyrics. It's just so good. And you can good. see them. Like, you can, you can take the lyrics that Bono writes and you can make a movie out of them. Like, just based on what he writes... You know, he could man, and they're not progressive rock. They don't, they don't make, they do. Well, these two last two albums are th are uh, thematic, you know, like screen, like you know. Yeah. But he's done that with all his albums. War had a theme on it. Uh, October Boy had a theme on it. But it does. It's not like it takes it to the degree degree yeah. of like Queen or something like that. Yeah. It's it's just. I mean, basically, these are letters to people that he wrote to. So of course, it's going to be personal. I bet this album was really personal to Bono, but also, I mean, those are real feelings that he's written down, and you can't beat something that comes from the heart, you know? No, Bono, Bono does really good with lyrics, man. I, I love Bono so much. Like I said, he shouldn't get as much flack as he can't should. Well, that's the end of this album, but I'll, songs we didn't hear, they have, a ordinary, they have a deluxe bonus edition, which Ordinary Love, Book of Heart, Lights of Home, St. Peter's Strings version, and that that's actually the second song on the album. They redid it with strings, I guess. And then they also had a deluxe CD bonus track, which you're the best thing about me, YouTube versus Kaigo. And then they had a Japanese version where they had the Blackout Jackknife Lee remix. Remix. So I think the best thing you should get is the deluxe edition because it looks like it has two new tracks and plus a redone track from the album. Yeah. So that would be a cool record. So that's the end of the album. I hope you guys like this. And now we have um, tracks of the week. What's your track of the week? My track of the week 
In honor of a year of George Michael's passing, Faith. I think this song kicks ass. I think George Michael's voice is beautiful. And I would love, if we could, hear Bono and George Michael sing together other than what they did on that Christmas song so many moons ago. Do they know it's Christmas time? That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you didn't see the, um, what is it, um, Daddy's Home 2. There was a thing where Mark Wahlberg, he was doing, a, as a kid, he was talking about his dad, and he was doing the Bono part. He, Thank God instead of you. And he's going, his dad walked out during that part and he froze up and he never got to sing that part in the show. And he was so pissed off. But at the end of the movie, he finally got to do it. Aww. So he was like, he loved that song, but he hated it because his dad made him feel like crap because he walked out with a lady kissing her and stuff. <laughs> Stupid Mel Gibson. <laughs> and oh, then, Mel. And then my track of the week is from Cheap Trick's 1997 self-titled album, Cheap Trick. This is a great record. It's it is not available anymore. It's a great album. I'm gonna pick the first track off the album anytime. This is a great track. This was a return to form for Cheap Trick. It sucks that they went with a bankrupt record company that didn't promote this at all. And Cheap Trick's just had the worst of luck of any band I know. But you know what? They're still out there freaking working hard and making they new rock. music. And they kick ass. We just saw them a couple months ago. Yeah, I mean, there were a couple vocal problems just because, I don't know, when you get to be 97, it's hard to sing. I'm just kidding. Well, Sorry. she's a vocalist. I'm not. I didn't hear it. I just enjoyed Robin's voice. Yeah, I am a vocalist, so I do pick up on that stuff. But, I mean, I got to give it to the guy. He's, like, out there and, and still kicking ass to this day. So, good choice, Mark. Yeah, he, he's kicking ass. I love Cheap Trick. Like I like I always say, Robin could sing. The, there's certain singers out there that you could just sing the phone book and enjoy it. Yes. <laughs> it's a great track. So right now we're going to play Faith by George Michael and Anytime by Cheap Trick. So you guys have a good day and God bless. Say goodbye, Diane. Goodbye, Diane. Ah, all right. Have a good day. Bye.
Let's get into the promos. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. I wanna rock. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. You gotta fight for your right. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. We've got Bush. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. 
That's right, bangers. Cold beer, hot women, loud music, and copious amounts of hairspray and spandex. Every Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern, the Big Bushy Power Hour is the biggest party on that metal station.com. Ear Pillar, the podcasting and interview news site. To keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear, go to earpeeler.com to find out what we're all about. You haven't listened to Mars Attacks podcast? What are you waiting for, man? Host Victor M. Ruiz brings you all types of hard rock and metal-based podcasts. You'll find everything from music-based episodes, interviews, to series such as ultra-sexy classic album series, where some of your favorite musicians, producers, journalists, and show hosts comments on the albums that push the evolutionary chains of hard rock and metal. Get with it and go to MarsAttacksRadio.com to find out more. Punch it! Get blasted! You have just listened to the Freeform Rock Podcast. All music played on the Freeform Rock Podcast belongs to its owner. If you like it, go out and buy it. Get your music on Amazon, iTunes, or at your local record store. Support what you love. Support the artists by seeing them live. Purchase their music. The Freeform Rock Podcast is not affiliated with any of the artists or music that we play. Thank you for listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. Until next time, stay free and rock on.